everyone and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors to talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors. On Mondays, I bring you gear reviews. On Wednesdays, I give you a little pick-me-up solo episode. And days like today being Saturday, I get to share amazing conversations that I've had with some really good friends, people that I want to learn from, and share the conversation with you. So you can also learn from uh, these people that maybe you've never heard of before or Uh, If you have, hopefully I'm able to provide you with a different perspective on how they incorporate faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors into their lives and uh, pick something up from it so that you can also implement those things into your life and become a happier, healthier, more successful human being. Uh, That's what we're all aiming for, especially here in 2023. Hopefully things are going strong with your goals. And uh, hopefully you're over at Redbeard's Fit Crew, of course, so that we can help you with your health and nutritional needs, or just building a community that will hold you accountable uh, as accountability partners or friends uh, that will lift you up in your goals. So definitely go check out Redbeard's Fit Crew. Uh, Today, I've got an amazing guest on, someone that I've known since high school. I looked up to him in high school for his athletic prowess. He's just a beast overall. His name is Tim McCall. He was a multi-state champ, in high school, growing up in wrestling, he had some amazing stats in football uh, as well. And then he went on to wrestle at Wisconsin. And now he's a coach at a university in North Carolina. So great guy. Uh, recently had a kid who he is just going through those new dad scenarios. I love getting into that with, with this conversation today as well. Uh, but it was just really good to catch up with a good friend. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Uh, before we hop into that conversation, just want to give a quick shout to the sponsors and affiliates of the show. Of course, First Form and First Form Outdoors, Alpenfuel, Heather's Choice, Black Ovis, All in Digiscoping, A3 Archery Bowstrings, Kestrel Glassing Systems, Quattro Archery, Absolute Aid CBD Oil, and of course, Affect Beard Oil. For those of you that have those beard needs. Definitely go check out all of those companies, guys. They are amazing to work with. I wouldn't recommend them to you if I don't use them personally and have found that they are the best of the best in their respective areas. Now, without further ado, here's the conversation I had with a good buddy of mine, Tim McCall. All right, guys, I've got an amazing guest here. Uh, Timmy McCall or Timothy would be his official name here, but uh, I've known Timmy since high school. Uh, he's been a stud ever since high school. It's been awesome to watch him as he killed it in high school wrestling. He killed it in football as well. And then uh, you just went on to wrestle at Wisconsin uh, on scholarship, I believe. And yep. then you came back and you started wrestling uh, just post-college. And then after that, you're now coaching at NC State, which is a great college for wrestling as well. So Timmy, just you're just doing awesome things, man. Uh, you love the outdoors. You love to get out and fish. And of course, you have an awesome looking family. So you're just you're just killing it in life, man. So uh, who are you, I guess, for the listeners? And uh, in a nutshell, who's Timmy McCall? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, been able to, to keep up with you and, and follow you. And it seems like you got some some cool things going on as well. Um, and then it's, it's pretty cool to see, um, you know, boys who grew up together, go off and do things, you know? So, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I tell everybody, Tim McCall, but, uh, once you get to know me, everybody calls me Timmy. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I'm a hometown hero, I guess you can say. Grew up in, uh, Hope Mills, North Carolina, smaller town right outside of uh Fayetteville or Fort Bragg area for for the military people watching and um yeah been in sports my whole life been uh playing football baseball wrestling um but a young age of, of four really took to, to wrestling and um you know I, I've, I've had some ups and downs in my life uh some some life-changing injuries um an accident whenever I was younger and um, wrestling continued to be my rock, you know. So I I, uh, I grew um, so much because of that sport. Um, and so, yeah, high school won um, 
won a state title, took second my, my senior year to the guy I beat the year before. Um, two guys who were very tough. Um, he went off, wrestled at Arizona State. Uh, I went off, wrestled at the University of Wisconsin. Um, wrestled there for uh, five years, redshirted my freshman year. And then um, once I uh, graduated, moved back to North Carolina, joined the RTC um, here in, in uh, at NC State, uh, continue that journey of trying to, to make a, a world Olympic team, uh, which is really cool. Got to travel all around the world and wrestle in different uh, countries, different arenas, meet some amazing people. And then uh, about four years ago, uh, thought I'd try my, my, uh, you know, my way at, at coaching. So, uh, this journey has been pretty cool. I was a volunteer assistant for two years. And then the past two years I've been on staff full time and, uh, it's fun. It's fun. It could be, it'd be a lot sometimes, but, uh, it's, it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of, you gave your life story there. <laughs> <laughs> so now I don't have anything to talk about. We're done. No, I'm kidding. I want to delve into a couple things here because so, so first of all, you wrestled, but not only did you wrestle, there's, there's a couple of weight classes that for me, I, I never wrestled, but watching whether it be UFC for those people out there li or listening that watch UFC, but wrestling at the 189 weight class is that that's light heavyweight, isn't it? Uh, UFC, just, uh, I guess, yeah. but yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so that 189 weight class is where you kind of, you walked around at a stocky, 200 205 probably during the year but this i mean so tim here was just always i remember always seeing you you were dedicated in school you were in the ap classes with us i remember calculus really well that was an awesome class <laughs> and the class not so much but the people in it it was a great class yeah. and uh but we you know just watching how you you struggle through football and wrestling and i say struggle because you push yourself more than most people would to the point where you won a state champion uh, championship in wrestling at the 189 weight class. That class for me it is a good mix of speed and power that just keeps yeah. things flowing and really interesting. Uh, I love I love watching that weight class. And then you continued on to go, do big things. I mean, you wrestled at the University of Wisconsin, which is a great place to go for wrestling. Competed against some of the top in the world, and then you continued on to do those things. But even before that, you have a really interesting. You kind of brushed over it, but you. You went through a lot as a young kid. Was it you were five, four, or five when you had that accident? Uh, yeah, I was. I was eight. 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 I was a little, little, little button still yet. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Tim here had a an, a life altering accident that for a lot of people, and and for a lot of parents out there listening, I mean, I can only imagine what your parents went through when you had that accident and and the pain and struggle that they dealt with seeing you as such a young kid with so much potential uh, mm -hmm. having to overcome these struggles. But do you mind kind of walking us through maybe what happened there and how, how you were able to use wrestling to come out of that and accomplish not just normal things, but you've accomplished some really great things in your, what are you, are you 30? Like I am, or I can't remember yeah. right around that age. 30, 30. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're still a young buck. I remember when 30 used to look so old, right? When we were like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting started, but you've accomplished a lot. So, so let's go back to that incident, you know, maybe walk us through what happened and how you pushed through that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, eight years old, uh, was a normal thing for my, my family. We would go and, um, my sister and I would go ride go-karts and, um, this particular day, it was a Sunday, Went and, went and rode go-karts and probably wasn't the safest thing, um, but there was a circle. Um, and in the middle of that circle, there were cars that were just parked. We would just go around that car, those cars in a big loop. And um, my sister and I, we were kind of racing, not really, but uh, I looked back to see where she was at. And as I looked back, I turned the wheel and went right underneath a dump truck. Um, hit that back bumper. Um, and, uh, hit, hit my, my head back, uh, got a burn. Um, it was, it was pretty crazy. So just the injuries, the list of injuries coming through that, and you can't really tell, but, um, I had a, a cut that went up my face, uh, nearly cut my ear off down the side of my, my neck. Um, and then on this side, I had a burn. Um, so 
I, uh, whenever it pinned me back, I burnt my, my forehead on my, my own engine. It pinned me back so, so far of my go-kart. Uh, I broke my jaw in three places, uh, three plates in my jaw, knocked all my teeth out. Um, I, uh, cut all the nerves to the side of my face. So, you know, at that time I was, uh, I couldn't feel anything. Um, so I, I didn't even know I was hurt. My mom, she's going crazy. And, um, you know, screaming. And, and I was like, mom, just hold my hand. I'll be okay. Just hold my hand. And whenever she, uh, she went to hold my hand, I noticed that I had blood, um, you know, everywhere. And, uh, my mom, um, uh, one of her friends grabbed some rags and was holding those tight on me, trying to, to, you know, keep the bleeding and stuff down. And the, uh, EMS came probably like 30, 45 minutes late and uh, rushed me off to the hospital they stopped the bleeding but they couldn't do anything with me there um, so they shipped me up to uh, UNC Chapel Hill to the hospital up there and yeah I, I spent almost a month there in the hospital um, they put all my teeth back in they uh, like I said they put some some plates in my my jaw um, I have a weight in my eye that helps me you know, close my, my, uh, or my eyelid helps me close my eye. Um, so yeah, I got, I got pieced back together. I had to learn how to walk. I had to learn how to talk. Um, and, and you know, I still struggle with some, some things, you know, um, since there or since that time. So it was, it was pretty tough, but you know, I, uh, a, a lot of people would say, well, why, why aren't, why weren't you wearing a, you know, a helmet? And, um, you know, it's a good question. We had them. I just didn't have it on at the time. And um, crazy thing is the doctor was like, if you had a helmet on, it probably would have broke your neck. Um, and you talk about a blessing in, in a nutshell, like um, it's weird to say that, but um, it would have caught that bottom of the, the helmet um, on that bar and it would have bent me back even further. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, it was it was it was tough. And, and the doctors were like, you know, it's, it's weird to see how such a young uh, man would respond to a young boy, I should say, respond to such an accident. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of where wrestling comes into play um, in a way like I was I was driven to get back and and and, you know, walk again, talk again. Um listen to my nurses and whatnot. But I think there was just a different kind of fight in me through it all. You know, like I, I, I could have, uh, could have been, you know, a lot different of a situation, but, um, I, I look at it as like, yeah, it's just not the end of the world. I still fight through it. And, and um, yeah, I think, I think wrestling had a lot to do with that. I remember being in the hospital and there was a tournament in Chapel Hill and, um, nurse came in and she goes uh your family's here and at the time i don't think i could talk um but you know kind of wave and let them in and uh come to find out the whole wrestling tournament came to the hospital and was like there was lines wrapped around the uh the hospital hallways um to come into the room and at eight years old, I had a wrestling community that backed me. Um, my mom, being a single parent, um, financially it was hard. She lost her job uh, being at the hospital so long. And um, wrestling team moms uh, would bring my sister up in between, you know, school and, and whatnot. And it was it was just uh, it was cool, you know. Like the, I I know it's weird to say that, but it, sometimes in chaos and and uh, hardship you kind of you you learn that that people um we care for each other uh, we love each other we'll we'll go to bat for each other in the wrestling community man it was it was uh it was pretty cool to see um nowadays you know i be around my family or or friends and and um coaches old coaches they would tell stories and like it's hard not to like come to tears because I was just a young boy and just to see like how people embraced my myself, but just my family, you know, and, and, and being there for them, you know, I can't imagine that now being uh, a new father. 
<laughs> so, yeah, it's my 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 uh, injury story in a nutshell. Yeah, no, I mean that's and I appreciate you sharing that, being willing to share that on here because it's it's something that really, you know, who knows what would have happened if that hadn't happened in your life. But at the same time, you're able to provide to a lot of people out there kind of that inspiration, you know, and I'm sure that you don't share that story obviously very often. Um, you, you probably keep that pretty close, even when people ask maybe what's going on with the scar on your neck or whatever, but, uh, you know, you weren't one to walk around and ask for, for sympathy. And that's something that you kind of, you took that obstacle and, and you, you ran with it, right. You, you ran it over and then you kept going. And, um, you know, it's awesome to, to think that, an eight-year-old, like I've got an eight-year-old and it's, it's crazy to think something like that happening to him. You know, I joke about my wife wanting to wrap my son up in bubble wrap and not let him do anything because, you know, yeah. boys are crazy, man. They don't want to listen for nothing. But, uh, man, it's just, you took that and then it's awesome to hear that community that you had around you. Not a lot of people have that. So obviously you had made an impact up to that point, whether it be with your work ethic or whatever it may be. And, uh, and the fact that so many people were willing to, to make that trip to come see you, I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It also goes to speak for your mom, uh, what kind of mother you had, the fact that she was willing to, I can imagine that conversation of her telling her boss to basically screw off because her son's more important than the job. And, uh, you know, I, I could see that. I know your mom well enough, not, yeah. not crazy well, but well enough to know that's probably how the conversation went. <laughs> A few expletives and... <laughs> Sure. Yeah. She, yeah. She, she, she took care of her baby. <laughs> exactly. 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 And, uh, and so you took that, you ran with it. And then now, I mean, so you went through, you, you obviously you wrestled, you stuck with wrestling. I remember, I remember one year, I can't remember which year it was, but you had gotten injured. I think it was during football yep. and you were around on crutches and you were concerned about it messing with your wrestling season and uh and then i think didn't wasn't there a year that you gave football up because of wrestling yeah yeah so my um uh, my sophomore year of high school um playing football we were we were a pretty tough team at the time i don't know if you remember uh oh, yeah. we were undefeated undefeated third round of playoffs um i got hit uh i played defense as a linebacker um it was doing very, very well uh, it's, it's crazy just to talk about some of the stats that I had that year um, and, and thought I was a man, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I got, got hit um, by a lineman. It was it was weird. Couldn't straighten my leg out. So something's wrong. I, know, I, I tore my meniscus, and I remember going to the doctor, and I was like, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm still young. Um, I trust you to do um, whatever I need for the future, me. And um, he was like, well, well, we'll go in and we'll repair it. And you'll see meniscus tears, they'll, they'll repair it, or sometimes they'll go in and just shave it. Um, but they, they went in, they repaired it, and um, I had to sit out my sophomore year of wrestling. And that was very tough for me. Uh, as a sophomore, I was second in the state. Uh, I had a lot of dreams and, and uh, you know, aspirations that I, you know, wanted to achieve. And, um, yeah, I, I had that road of recovery. I had to sit and watch all my friends, coaches and, and whatnot, go through a season without me. And, um, yeah, I told football, I was like, Hey, I love you, but, uh, I'm, I'm a wrestler through and through. Um, and it, it wasn't taken well, it was not mm -hmm. taken well at all, especially in small town football. Uh, when you have a pretty tough team, um, kind of got disowned by our, our football coaches a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, came back my, my junior year, won a state title, and uh, I was I was perfectly fine with the decision that I made, you know, focusing on on, on wrestling. And later on, I went to college, and I feel like I, I very well could have had an opportunity if I wanted to to continue playing football. Um, uh, but – I was like, I, I'm in too much. Let me just yeah. focus on wrestling right now. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When you, so I was on the JV team at the time, but I do remember that, that, that year um, that we had, you know, the varsity squad was doing really well in, uh, in the state. And I, I want to say it was, wasn't it Ryan was our quarterback. Um, 
at that time. Yep. Yeah. 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 And he was, he was getting, you know, looked at by some high level colleges and, um, and then we had, you know, I, some of the standout players, like you were the, the linebacker that you didn't want to look at as a running back coming through the line. Like you were the guy that you didn't want to get hit by. And then, uh, and then what was the guy's name that got recruited by Clemson? He had the long dread Lamont. He was the, was he a quarterback, cornerback or strong safety? Uh, um, it's a good question. Cause I remember looking up to him too. And I, I got to hang out with him a little bit. He was a headstrong Vikings fan and yeah. a Minnesota Vikings guy. Um, you know, and, and we had, we had a great team that year. And I remember looking up to the varsity squad and just saying, man, you know, next year I'm going to be on that team. And, and then I saw, I saw kind of you going through, and that was kind of where I got to know you, I think it was around sophomore year and seeing you go through that decision-making just from the outside of having to choose between that football and wrestling that you've loved so much. And then, you know, football that you're obviously killing it at and uh, have great potential both ways. And then just again, seeing how the coaches kind of disowned you in a way, just kind of stop. Like I remember you being buddy, buddy with them. And then all of a sudden, like you weren't hanging out with the football guys anymore. And uh, that's rough to see. That's definitely, yeah. that's definitely a hard decision for a, it was sophomores, what, 15 years old, maybe 16. 16 yeah that's a hard decision for an adult to make let alone a 15 year old you know um while you're recovering from an injury you know so that that you've you've kind of had a life of making hard decisions man and getting over some some crazy injuries yeah yeah i um another one i had too my my senior year um doing very well um my, my goals were to get on that that podium um that senior year and uh, Big Tens, two weeks or a week and a half before NCAAs tore my hamstring. Uh, doctors told me I, or at the at the place, they were the uh, trainers were like, "Yeah, it's tore off the bone. You're you're not wrestling. Uh, you can, you know, kiss your career goodbye." And uh, look at the coaches. I was like, "No, it's not going to happen." We went back home. I got cleared. Um, Doctor said you're probably not going to be able to do anything, but uh, I'm gonna clear you anyway because it's your senior year. And I went and wrestled at NCAA's with a torn hamstring, and uh, got very close to achieving my goal that I, I set out. I was one match away, and um, you know it's always those those thoughts of if I was healthy, what if would have happened, you know. But it was a blessing nonetheless. I I, I uh, saw what I was capable of if I just continue to, to 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 be gritty you know and and to keep pushing forward and i think that's something that uh you know looking back at sometimes it's hard to swallow um but uh it made me who i am so exactly and you and you can't really those are things that are kind of out of your control you know and you kind of you took it you took what you could control and you ran with it and the fact that you still got second you know that's still you know i know that's hard being at as high of a level as you are, you know, to accept that. But the fact that you even wrestled after that, <laughs> a lot of people would just be like, eh, you know, okay, well, I guess I got to recover now. You, you didn't take that and just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, that's again, wrestling is, is one of those sports where you, you talk about no, no uh, handouts. No one can go out on the mat and do it for you. I and mean, sometimes you just got to say, Hey, I'm, I'm as good as I'm going to get right now. And, and uh, I'd rather throw my hat in the ring and see what happens, you know? And uh, I did, I think, I think, yeah, that's, that's one beautiful thing about wrestling. It's, it's you, you have to take responsibility for everything. Mm -hmm. um, and that's failure and that's success. And up to that point, I felt like I was doing all the right things um and there's a feeling of like i i, I deserve this you know and, and hard lessons are learned you know only thing that are uh for sure in life is death and taxes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you, you you gotta you gotta know that but it still doesn't mean that you don't stack those odds in your favor you know by doing the right things and i felt like i could still still scrap at the end of the day and uh, I looked probably a little funny out there wrestling, but uh, I did what I had to do. So. Exactly. 
Exactly. And so then you, you went on, you wrestled at Wisconsin on scholarship. You redshirted your first year. And then uh, again, Wisconsin's in the, remind me, that's big 10, right? That's a, that's a rough, I mean, that that's, that's a lot of competition right there. The, the big 10. Yeah. You wrestled against some of the, I mean, that's like Cornhuskers. You think of, you know, Nebraska Cornhuskers, they're in the Big Ten, right? Yeah. Iowa, Penn State, mm-hmm. Michigan. All those Ohio. farm boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and going there, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. People are like, how'd you get from North Carolina to Wisconsin? Um, and I, I had some, some ties through coaches um, at the time and uh, went out there, loved my visit. And, um, you know, I went from being the, the North Carolina boy. We were in a class of 12, that 2020 or 20, 2010 class. Well, we we're not saying 2020, anything. Uh, but, yeah. And, um, yeah, became a captain of my, my freshman class all the way through me graduating. And um, was I, like, accolades-wise, was I the best? No, um, gonna have the drive to be the best, and I think that's that was um, something that I took pride in. Like, there's a lot of people around me who probably done more. Probably been, I mean, in the Midwest, these guys got they have wrestling rooms in their basements. Like, it's it's they all have brothers they've been wrestling with. Like, get practices in after dinner, you know, and and uh, you know, it was, it's I didn't have that in North Carolina, but. Mm-hmm. Just had to drive, um, had the athletic ability, and it's like, hey, let's do this. You know, if I'm a thousand miles away from home, you know, I need to get my hand raised. <laughs> so exactly, exactly, yeah. You weren't out there, you know, in your free time wrestling the cattle and you know, <laughs> doing no. all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. That that's that's great. It was cool watching you go there, and again, like just someone from Hope Mills. That, you know, we always say Fayetteville, which kind of nowadays, too, is almost like saying Portland, Oregon. But, you know, it's like it it's just it's a small town and seeing someone be able to go out and accomplish so many great things. And again, you're so humble, like you're you're Christian, you're you take your faith seriously, you take your family seriously, and you're just extremely humble about everything that you accomplish. You don't go around, you know, wearing all of your accolades you know, people that look at you, maybe, or meet you on the street will just, I mean, they'll notice you're a strong dude, right? That they, They're probably like, okay, he goes to the gym, but they don't recognize that you're a world-class wrestler, you know? And so, um, and all the things that you've accomplished and overcome to get to that point. So uh, in all of that, you know, a large part of the audience also is, in, is into the outdoors. And I haven't had a lot of people that are fishermen uh, on the the podcast, but I love bass fishing that's top water fishing and then out here fly fishing i don't know if you got into fly fishing when you went to wisconsin or anything like that yeah but uh so fly i love top water fishing because it's very interactive you know um bass fishing is definitely up there that the largemouth bass fishing uh but so you you've knocked out some hogs you know out there on the water but talk talk to us a little bit about the fishing and how that has incorporated into your life because maybe it's a de-stressor or you just enjoy it. You love being outside, whatever. Just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So wrestling uh, obviously is my love. Uh, I started fishing. My, my, uh, uncles, um, took me fishing whenever I was, I was younger. Uh, I would say probably around like, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade. And I was like, this is sweet. This is awesome. And we moved, my mom, we moved to a new house that was right by uh, a pond. Um, I don't know if you remember in our little, our neighborhood, um, there's a few ponds. One that probably oh, yeah. got out a couple of times. But I was just, you know, a young boy at the time. But uh, did a lot of, lot of uh, bass fishing and stuff growing up. And uh, if you ever look on a map at Madison, where I went to school, uh, UW-Madison, it's a, a straight surrounded by two big lakes there's actually four there and i was like this is sweet i can get some fishing in and whatnot you know uh but but what what you you kind of mentioned or hit at like for me that's my piece that is that's where i get away um that's where i i get to relax a little bit 
and just uh, no matter if you're catching fish or not, you know, they say a uh, uh, day on the lake not catching anything is better than a day at work. Um, yeah, I remember whenever I was in college, I'd bring my, my fishing gear to practice. As soon as I get out of practice, I'm, I'm heading out to a lake, you know. I do the same thing here, bring my kayaks to work. Uh, as soon as I get off work, go uh, head out. There's a lake here on campus on um, Lake Raleigh. It's pretty sweet. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll hit that place up during the summertime, spring for sure. Man, bass, it's, it's, it's just, it's like, it's too fun, <laughs> too fun. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's sweet, man. It's, it's a good, like, uh, pastime, just way, way to like ease your mind. And for myself as a coach, um, and one thing I haven't mentioned in all of this was my involvement in ministry. Um, uh, I've, you, you take on a lot of people's problems and, Sometimes for me, I don't, I don't give that to other people. I don't allow people to take my problems. Um, but whenever I go out, it's where I can kind of decompress and process things out on the water. And everyone's like, you never take me fishing. You, you promise you're going to take me fishing. And, uh, you know, a lot of times my intention is, you know, is to take him out, but I go on a whim, you know, like I just need, I need to get away. Um, and, it's uh yeah it's a way for me to to kind of feed my own soul a little bit all right brief intermission here guys just wanted to again remind you you have your personal invite to come over to redbeard's fit crew love to have you as part of the community we are growing and it's just getting better we've got challenges over there we're just wanting to encourage you to be the hero of your story basically i want you to be able to conquer your goals that you've set for this year and your future for you, your family, your future self, your kids. There's many reasons why you should start today and get better. And that's also a big reason why I started the community is because it's hard to go it for long term by yourself. So of course, over at Redbeard's Fit Crew, over in the crew, we get good friendships going. We get good accountability partners and we help each other out. We've got a weekly call. Uh, so even if you don't have Facebook, let me know your email and I'll get you in on those weekly calls so that we can have you in your right mindset going throughout the rest of the year. So thanks for that brief intermission there, guys. Hope to see you over there and let's get back to talking to Tim McCall. No, definitely. I, I definitely understand that because I you know, I, I love telling people, Hey, we'll go out and we'll go hunting or, you know, I'll, I'll show you this spot or that spot. And it just happens to be that it works out that today I can go for a couple hours and, and I just happen to go, you know? And then of course, you know, I, I definitely get that. You get those messages. Oh, you said you're going to take, well, yeah, I will take you. But today, like I really didn't have a schedule or plan to go out and do it, but it's, it's what I needed today. And, um, and sometimes you can't get that. It's funny. Cause I, I've seen something recently where it was like, you're you become an adult when you realize that grandpa telling you to hush while you're fishing because you're going to scare the fish it wasn't for the fish it was because he needed some peace <laughs> yeah. yeah yep yeah yeah whenever you're out there sometimes that's the last thing you want to do is like be talking you know mm -hmm. i usually put my phones away only time i bring my phones out is when i'm taking pictures yep. you know but, uh other than that i i don't answer calls um I got a, a Apple Watch now that helps me. I can I can talk into my watch, send a text message, see when dinner's ready or something mm -hmm. like that. You know? mm -hmm. but other than that, I uh, I try to just enjoy the peace, the calmness of just being out there. And and then there's a there's a, I mean like you being in hunting, like there's kind of a, a little bit of competitive edge there. I'm trying to figure something out, you know. Um, where 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 am I going to find that big one? Um, you know, and you're 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 taking in everything around you, and trying to figure out that puzzle. Um, the last thing you want is be <laughs> you're trying to figure out a puzzle, and someone's asking you questions about something else. You know, mm -hmm. so, uh, you're snagging their line on everything. That's that's what I'm good for. I'm <laughs> I I uh, my wife. I think she was probably six months pregnant. And she wanted to go out fishing with me. And this particular day, I caught zero fish. I spent 
majority of my time getting her line out of the trees. And she caught three, one nice sized bass. And it was as soon as I got her line out of the, the tree, she threw out probably, I don't know, uh, 15, 20 feet away from us and <laughs> got a nice sized bass. And I, I was kind of butthurt, not going to lie, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> you know, the, the, the beauty in that is those are moments we got to spend together. Um, and even though I had to take the fish off her line, I, I saw her face when she pulled out, you know, a three or four pound bass, which is, is decent size. And, uh, man, she was so excited. And, and that, that's all I need to see, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When I took, when we went out to Holt Lake, I don't know if you've ever run out to Smithfield Holt Lake area. Um, but we've got a, a family lake house and, uh, granddaddy always takes us out there to go fishing. And I, again, until I was an adult, I never really understood why he spent so much time fishing and why he didn't want kids to go with him necessarily. It wasn't, they didn't love us, but he, he needed his time. Cause he was going to be with us all day, driving the boat for skiing, you know, wakeboarding, all that other stuff. And, uh, and so he wanted his moment of, of peace before breakfast. And so, um, going out with him and we took my, my oldest daughter out and she was, I mean, she caught this big old hog <laughs> and like granddaddy and me are like casting in all the best spots. We're like, Oh, he's going to be right here by the stump. And, you know, and then she just casted like open water and pulls in this big old hog. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And her look like, she's like, how do I touch it? What do I do? Like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun for sure. Now, do you prefer top water or do you kind of mix it up? Um, I mix it up. Um, uh, top water, I feel like I'm still learning. Um, and I've had I've had some some good experiences, but um uh, I feel like top water is like the most exciting. Uh and whenever you you get that hit and you see it, like you you're you watch it happen your heart just sinks, you know? And then there's a part of you that's like, don't screw this up. Don't screw yeah. this up. Yank <laughs> it out, you know? Uh, and, and I've, I've, where we I fish at most of the time here, there's this, uh, just spot just filled with lilies. And uh, you can go in there with a frog and just, man, during the right time of year, you can have a field day. Um, and I've, I've tried, uh, plenty of times going in there and and uh it's been fun it's been fun I'm not gonna lie but uh for the majority of my time like i i uh i fish with a six inch rubber worm um uh and i i don't know i it's like i i always have the intentions of trying something new whenever i go out and i always <laughs> you know fall back to that plan and and uh never fails me uh and i depending on what the the um environment's like you know i'll change up colors and then and, and whatnot but um or how how i'm depth and, and whatnot that i'm fishing at but yeah it's it's been my bread and butter. it's been my bread and butter that's awesome that's really cool yeah i uh that's i, I agree with you that top water is kind of the 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 fun when you hear just the the sucking of that you know when it just sucks yeah. the water in when the bass comes in you know those big old mouth it's uh it, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun for sure um there's some good lakes around here people have been trying to get me into ice fishing i don't have the the setup that I'm, i realized real quick that people that enjoy ice fishing is because they have a big old tent they've got buddy heaters <laughs> they've got the drills to get the holes in and they've got all kinds of food and snacks and drinks that they're out there taking care of. So it's not even the fishing part, you know, uh, that they're really enjoying. And so I haven't quite gotten into that. I've seen, I've got some buddies that always pull out some big fish, but, uh, it's just not, it's not the same for me. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my wife's family, she's from Wisconsin and that's what they talk about all the time. And in my five years of living in Wisconsin, I've never done ice fishing. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm kind of on the same board as you, like, you know, uh, 
how do you enjoy being out on the ice? Yep. You know, um, but yeah, they have their, their little fishing shanties and um, with the heater in there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, again, I'm like, some people make fires on these things. I'm like, fire mm-hmm. and ice, I'm not the smartest <laughs> in the world, but I still think those go together. You know, but at the end of the day, you realize they're probably out there with a nice six pack just hanging out and catching fish. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I want to try it eventually whenever things slow down. But winter for me is wrestling season. So, and we don't have any lakes that freeze over down here in the south. Yeah, so, uh, yeah it, it's a, it takes a different breed, you know, yeah. that much. Yeah, no, for sure. And then uh, what what's the other thing too that oh waterfowl, that's another mm. thing that I haven't gotten into just because and I, I've talked to a lot of people and again I'm kind of getting this concept of it's kind of social hour for the boys, you know where you're out there you're just having a good time and you're all bundled up you know and if the ducks happen to come in or whatever bird you're going after happens to come in you you bring some home but uh, I, I'd rather like we were just trudging around yesterday in thigh deep snow up these mountains we went about six seven miles yesterday going after elk and like for me that's a lot of fun um you know that that's accomplishing stuff even if i don't get anything that's like i'm seeing the animals i'm chasing it's active you know that's for me that that's kind of how it again going back to bass fishing you're active you're casting you're bringing it in or fly fishing which i've learned a little bit about out here i'm by no means any kind of expert but that top water aspect again of watching the trout which flies work and just that constant action of bringing it in cost casting it out. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun, but being active for me is kind of what gets me in, you know, what I love being doing in the outdoors, but. For sure. I think, uh, and no matter like what you prefer, I think there's, there's something special, um, about being outdoors, you know, um, and, and, really just being able to take in what, what God has made. I think that's, that's the biggest thing where people can't really put a finger on it, but I think that's it. If you, if you get down to it, it's like, this feels natural at the end of the day. Um, and I, yeah, man, I, I, I've watched some, some hunting videos and, and I get fired up watching it. Um, what's the, what's the one, um, I think my wife got mad at me because it's, came on the netflix is it meat eater yeah uh, man i watched every episode probably two or three times um and and just i i love the idea of um hunting um what i eat you know and you know that's it's kind of it's a a kind of from farm to table mm-hmm. mentality i know I got to harvest this. I know what goes into this, um, uh, this meat. And that's, that's kind of the, the cool thing of like, again, being in touch with, with nature. Exactly. Know? Yeah. It's uh it's a whole different world. And that's why I stayed out West. I was on the verge of moving back to North Carolina. Cause there's just nothing, nothing like Southern culture. Uh, just the, you know, the people out there, the environment you're surrounded by wildlife. I mean, you literally can't drive down the highway and see the other side because there's trees, you know, but at the same time, when you get into the mountains out here, like it's just a whole nother world of just public land. We're going to have to get you out here on the elk hunt because I bet you'd love it. Um, But uh, have you ever shot a bow? Um, I have not uh, to take down any game. No. Do you own a bow? I do not. I do not own a bow. We're going to have to get you in that because you, you kind of have that same mindset of like shooting, shooting guns is fun. Going hunting that way is fun. But um, that was a big thing for me. What I got away from, uh, I guess, the tree stand hunting in North Carolina or blinds, because I didn't like the idea of there being shooting lanes and me holding a rifle. And I mean, if you're good enough, you're proficient enough with a rifle, it's pretty much a chip shot. And I, for me now, people out there, don't take offense to that. Right. But, um, with a bow, there's a whole nother level of that competitiveness. You're overcoming. Am I anchoring? Right. Am I, am I pulling through the string? Right. Is that arrow flight? Right. Are there branches in the way? Like there's so much more that goes into shooting out of a tree stand than when you're rifle hunting. So, and then, but on top of that, you can shoot your bow 
every single day. You can't shoot your rifle every day and you can go into your garage. And even if it's not for distance, you're just getting some reps in it's meditative, like just being able to focus in on your bow. So I, I that's something that I, I guarantee you, you'd fall in love with. So we're going to have to get you hooked on that. I love that. I love that. I've, I've done a little bit of, uh, I, I, I've never, never went out. I remember growing up, uh, one of my coaches, Coach Jim Hall, he was, he was a sniper in the military. Um, so guns, arrows, whatever, you, you name it. And um, he took us out in the backyard and we were shooting bows. And, and I was like, this is pretty sweet, you know. But in that, I didn't understand the power of a bow. And um, he kind of explained things to me a little bit more like, this I know it's not a rifle um, or a shotgun where you may hear the big bang as you pull the trigger, but yet there's a lot of power um, going through that arrow, you know. And then, uh, um, yeah, I, I think that's stuff's sweet. Like I, I'm not gonna lie to you. And a lot of a lot of me not hunting uh, is is uh, me just being busy all the time. You know, like if I, we have alumni here that are like, man, I could take you out. You know, we can go some bucks, turkey, whatever. Like, and I'm like, man, that'd be sweet. I'm like, I got to find that time, you know. Exactly. Uh, but I think I, 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 I'm, I'm up for it, man. You, you let me know and uh, we'll, we'll plan something around it. Like I, yeah, I'm, we'll have to, we'll have to schedule out a couple in a couple of years. We'll get you out here on the elk hunt and get you yeah. shooting a bow before then. But uh, how September? For you is that pretty busy season um it's not actually it's perfect that's pre-season. the best time to go after elk <laughs> yeah it's it's pre-season for us it's not like too crazy guys are just getting into school so you know it's kind of i don't know pretty slow at that point we don't want to overwhelm them right away so <laughs> exactly yeah that's when man and and that's the other thing too like elk just are on a whole nother level like deer are awesome mule deer are amazing first time i ever saw a mule deer after coming from whitetails, I was like, I was like, man, like who let the horses out? Why do those horses have antlers? You know, like <laughs> they're big, they're big. But then you see an elk and then you hear an elk bugle. There is nothing else. Like you will be hooked for life. Like those elk are just, they're just majestic. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to definitely organize something, get you out here for that. Cause that would be, that'd be amazing. Um, so let, let's see here. I'm just trying to think if there's anything. Is there anything that you'd like to share that I haven't brought up at this point? Um, to be honest, I don't can't think of, of too much. I mean, we've circled through a lot. Yeah. A lot of my let's talk about families. Let's talk about that. All right. So how how do you balance your your fairly new father, which congratulations yeah. on that as well. Um, that that in and of itself is a challenge. Us there's a lot of things that men don't necessarily discuss i love there's a guy on social media um he's uh i think it's tired dad and he mm-hmm. puts out a lot of the things that men don't necessarily talk about but all of those pressures that maybe you wake up in the morning you're like man was i a good dad today did i maybe yell at my kids did i maybe put them in timeout too much did i expect too much things like that that aren't really talked about that we want to be there's a pressure that we put on ourselves at least the good dads do um of wanting to be better wanting to put our kids in a position that they want that they'll have success or at least the means to be able to be successful even more so than ourselves. So as being a recently new father, um, what, what are some things that maybe you've noticed that have changed in your life from going from, you know, single to married to married with a child? Yeah. Well, some deep questions there. <laughs> deep questions. Um, I'll start, uh, start out with, um, what molded me to be who I am. And and what I mean by that is I never met my dad. Never met my dad. Like I said, single mom. And um, what you learn in that uh, as an African-American male, some people will say, well, if you're missing this piece, then you're supposed to be like this, 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 and this. And all my life, I thought that. Like, nope, that's not, that's not my, my story. And um, I think being in a position, uh, first getting married and understanding that I'm, I'm going to be a 
faithful husband to somebody I, I took seriously. Um, and that's, that's through thick and thin, uh, um, through ups and downs, it's through everything. And then you add a child into that and man, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And, um, you know, I, though there's a child, you never want to lose sight of your first love, which is your wife. And I, through the pregnancy process, was trying to be there for my wife and be, not get ahead of myself, not think too much of what the child's going to be like and what we need here. Let's take this thing day by day and focus on what we need. And obviously she would need more than, than, you know, me at that time. Um, but, uh, yeah, trying to slow things down and focus on us, I think is, is the biggest thing that I'm learning right now. Um, my wife and I, we, we are, she's the brains and I'm the muscle. <laughs> like, uh, she's very, very <laughs> smart, very smart. She was a, um, dietitian, um, at Duke, uh, recently and then switched into a different role. Um, but she's been, she's wanted all over the, the, the country for her, her knowledge, you know, and, uh, on nutrition and, and for her formulas work, like you understand this, you memorize this, this, and this will give you this. Um, but what we understood real quickly is that whenever you have a child, it doesn't always work. Nope. You know, you can read all the books in the world. It doesn't always work. Um, so what I've learned in that is like, whenever things go wrong, um, I spend a good bit of time to say, Hey, it's not your fault. Um, it's, this is natural. We're going to get through it. We're going to figure it out. The child is growing. Everything's new to him. Everything's new to us, you know, and uh, in that it's it's been it's been cool to watch the growth and how we start to trust each other um, as a husband and wife. And then now watching us better understand our kid whenever we are like actually sitting back and allowing him to kind of lead the dance a little bit. Yes, we have knowledge of wrong and right kind of, but there's some parts of of it where you got to figure out your child. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm still trying to figure out like, I mean, he's, he's going to be three months here uh, tomorrow. And man, I love the little thing. I thought I was rough and tough. And then whenever he was born, <laughs> I, I boohooed like a baby. <laughs> like mm -hmm. probably one of the, the you know most beautiful things you've ever seen um and it's it's bittersweet there's there's pain there's it's a lot that goes through it and um my uh love for my my wife through that like watching her give her all for her uh and fall in love instantly with a being that was with you know inside of her it's, it's just it's crazy man it's crazy. Um, but, but going back to what you were saying, just, I don't think fathers have conversations enough about what it means to be a father. Um, I know obviously, uh, ladies, moms, they, they'll have girlfriends that have been through that process. And whenever men talk, it's always about like laughing and joking about through the process, but we really don't talk about like our feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, we had someone over the other night and, I went to to pick up uh, TJ, and he just bawled. He did not want to have anything to do with me. And I handed him off to my wife. He was quiet. And our friend that was over, she asked, she goes, uh, how does that make you feel? And I was like, hey, it's kind of weird that you asked that, because no one really asked the dad, like, whenever your child does not want you, <laughs> you know, like, what does, how does that make you feel? And, um, yeah, it's tough sometimes because sometimes you, you come home from work and you're like, you're excited about, you know, being there for your child. It's just like, mm -hmm. eh, I, I don't need you right now. I want I want mommy, you know, or that feeling of like you're working all day. Does my child know me, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's tough. It's tough to deal with. But obviously there's there's more time in it that you get to grow and learn more about each other and whatnot. But at the beginning, it's. It's tough knowing that you don't, you, I mean, the mom 
has a lot of uh, answers for his problems. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as the dad, like we do too, but it's not the same, you know? So yeah, I just went down a rabbit hole, but uh, no, man, that's, no, I appreciate that. And it, it's true. Uh, you know, for some reason, we don't feel like we need to talk about our emotions enough, you know, and, and I know in today's day and age, it's all about uh, toxic masculinity, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, in, in all reality, when you've got good friends that you can talk to about those real things, whether that be, um, you know, future business opportunities, uh, your current career, uh, you know, your family, being a dad, um, the feelings like what you were just mentioning of maybe today, TJ doesn't want to be held by dad. You know, that's not that's not something that's easily discussed because we just kind of like to push our emotions and compartmentalize a lot more than women do naturally. Men are very good at compartmentalizing and just having different drawers. We're like, okay, we'll just shove that emotion in here and we won't think about it. Whereas women, they're more like a rubber band ball where everything is intertwined and you're not, you're not going to untangle that. Every emotion is intertwined with it, with each other. And so um, unpacking those drawers is sometimes a little hard to do as men. And so it's, it's definitely a good point that you bring up and um, you know, it's something that you'll learn and, and uh, I'm still not anywhere near perfect. Um, you know, today's my, my daughter's birthday. So we're going to be, you know, going out and uh, yeah, she's six. So uh, it's crazy to think that she's six, man. My youngest kid is six. I'm like, <laughs> where's the time gone? Um, but yeah, so, you know, just making sure that she knows that she's loved and you're not always going to be perfect. It, it's just impossible. Uh, you're not always going to be able to fulfill their needs. And sometimes you and your wife are not going to be able to fulfill his needs. Like it just, that's just how it is. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't doubt that the things that you've overcome again, that something that you brought up was kind of the statistics of, uh, where you came from, even if you hadn't had your accident, you know, you look at how many people like it's sad to me when I talk to people from our high school and to know how many people are dead or in jail or are already felons and they're not even, you know, 30. And it, it just it blows me away. And it, that's, again, why I wanted to have you on, because you've overcome so many obstacles. And I love seeing that you've traveled out west, that you've accomplished so many things with and without people there supporting you um you beat the odds 100 percent, and and not even that you've exceeded them and so i love that you you were able to share i know it's only a a glimpse of your story and we've only chatted for about an hour but uh it was great catching up with you and i I really appreciate you hopping on taking the time and your busy schedule to to get on here and and share your story man um is there anything else you want to leave with the audience um yeah, man, follow follow me uh social media. Um Timmy McCall. Pretty simple. I'm one of the few out there. Um and and uh always reach out. If you need anything, let me know. Um it's kind of my MO. I love people, I love helping people. Um, so if you need anything, let me know. Just don't ask for a secret fishing holes. <laughs> Top secret. Top secret. <laughs> Oh, we didn't mention too. State Scott, you're gonna be your your next side gig is gonna be uh the the bass fishing coach, right? For the team. <laughs> I wish I was that good, you know. It's just, <laughs> just a little fun uh thing I do on the side. But yeah, man, like I wish I knew that that there's like college fishing. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 awesome, man. It it is sweet. And um I haven't really taken the time, but I'd love to connect with with uh do you have a coach? Like, how does that go? Like, yeah, I, I have so many questions. Uh, mm-hmm. So many questions. I'm pretty sure NC State, they, they do have um, a team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a club team, though. And uh, love to be able to look into that. Yeah. Like, hey, just, you know, go out, be a fly on the wall with you guys for a little bit. You know? The trap, so. though, man. It's just like with archery. I go and help out at the archery shop uh, quite a bit. And they're like, if you ever want to be able to shoot your bow, don't ever – get hired here. Don't work here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. 
That's true. You'd be a coach. You can't, you're not going to be able to do much except for coach. So, but, uh, but yeah, for all you guys out there listening to, I found this out recently that there is actually college fishing teams. So I'm sure people that are actually like professional fishermen or do that instead of high school sports, they know that already. But if you didn't know that and you want to be a fisherman professionally, go check it out. <laughs> From what I hear, NC state's got a really good team, even though, you know, I'm a Tar Heels boy through and through. So, <laughs> surprised you let your wife work at duke too just finding that out that's <laughs> we met whenever she was at that, that job mm. uh like i said she's been everywhere she was she was at ucla before that um, that's crazy she did grad school at fsu florida state um yeah she's she's been everywhere everywhere and uh i look at it like it's it's a job at the end of the day yeah, we have our our rivalries every now and then, especially when we wrestled. Um, and she would always be there at the the duels because she she knows all the guys on the team. But uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a job at the end of the day. Yep, exactly. Cool, awesome, man. Well, thanks again for your time, guys. Go follow Timmy or Tim. I keep saying Timmy, but professionally Tim over here. Uh, you go follow him on social media. Look into his stuff and uh, go find the the. Don't go scope out and Google the fishing holes that he's at, guys. Don't go. Don't be that person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as I always say, guys, get out, live your life, and love it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed catching up with a good friend of mine, Tim, and loving to hear about his different perspective as a new father and a new husband, and also, of course, the fatherly aspect of being a coach over at the university there with uh, North Carolina State. So if you guys have any questions or want to check out what Tim has to offer, uh, definitely go look at the links down below. I'll leave them down below. And uh, again, guys, just a good, wholesome conversation. I, I want you guys to enjoy these and learn from them. And if you did learn something from this conversation, as I'm sure you did, please leave a follow if you're listening to this on the podcast. And if you're not on YouTube yet, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a comment and a review. It just takes a couple seconds of your time. It's free, and I'd really appreciate it as we continue to grow through this year, 2023. We've got big things coming, guys, and uh, hope you have a good rest of your day. And, of course, get out, live your life, and love it.